Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is a view from the Bullins podcast. Listen to all the latest news and inside track from Goodison Park. beat them with with whatever team um, we put out and then progress to the next round and as I say give the fans give us something to um, to look forward to vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hello and welcome back to another episode from A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Ben Winstanley, Lee McLean, Matt Neal and our guest today is former Everton player and FA Cup winner, Barry Horn. Barry, 5.30 kickoff on Saturday, Everton face Hull in the third round of the FA Cup at the MKM Stadium, coming off the back of another defeat at home to Brighton on the weekend. How important is it now that Everton go to Hull not only get through to the next round, but put in some good performances now to try and give the players some confidence for the rest of the season? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty certain that there will be clubs sort of in and around us in the league that, that maybe don't think the FA Cup's that important for them. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe teams like Burnley, maybe whereby Premiership survival is the, is the be-all and end-all. Um and Burnley in particular got a small squad, so they're likely to, to make loads and loads of changes and just take whatever comes. Um, but I think, I personally think for Everton, um, it's the, and I've said this for a number of seasons now, the FA Cup is a realistic chance of winning something, um, although you wouldn't think that if at uh, four o'clock on uh, what day was it? Sunday afternoon or whatever day it was when uh, after the Brighton game, but I think it's really important for the for the for the reasons you've mentioned. But the one thing you didn't mention was just to uh, give the fans something to to cheer about and to look forward to. Um, because let's be honest, the, the league is is and European qualifications is way beyond us at the moment. Um, we're looking at a run of fixtures in the league whereby. We really, we really have to get something from from the next. I think it's the next five fixtures if you look at them. Um, so the FA Cup is is a nice distraction for us at the moment, especially we got a decent draw. Hull City, albeit away, they're, they're eminently beatable. The bottom half of, the, of their division, although not in bad form recently, but we should beat them with with whatever team um, we put out and then progress to the next round. And as I say, give the fans, give us something to um, to look forward to. Um, but the other things that you've mentioned are valid. Um, put a performance together, put a 90 minutes performance together, or even 60 minutes, because we haven't done that for a long time. Or we haven't done that for on too many occasions this season, is what I meant. Um, I thought the, the performance against Chelsea was... Was solid for 60, 70 minutes, wasn't it? After the after we escaped the first 10, 15 minutes. So, so yeah, um, chance for players individually to get some confidence because I looked at them against Brighton and they the confidence looks absolutely shot at with um, with some of them. And that's that's a horrible place to be, um, especially at, at Goodison Park. Um, so there's loads and loads of things which which make the game more important for us than than maybe it is for for other teams and and because of that i think it's important that uh, that the manager takes it very very seriously and puts out the strongest team that he possibly can Lee, it's interesting isn't it hearing from from a former FA Cup winner in, in Barry Horn talking about confidence in amongst the Everton players and the fans need a lift. Do you agree with Barry there? Do you think, you know what, Everton should go to Hull on Saturday, go full strength, put a 19th place championship side to the sword and try and breathe some, breathe some confidence back into this team and the football club? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and listen, I think there's a, a number of reasons why going strong and, and going all out to get the win on Saturday is absolutely vital. Some of them Barry's already mentioned there. Um, but listen, there's the arguments, OK, let's focus on the league. We've got to trust that we've got enough and we will have enough in the second half of the season to get ourselves out of the predicament that we're in, in the league. But the FA Cup for Everton Football Club is absolutely huge. It always has been. We've got a rich tradition in the competition. Um, the fans take it very, very seriously. You know, we all yearn for a cup run every single year. Um, and it's about time we did do that. And I just think we're, we're Benitez to sort of rest players and not take it seriously and almost say, I'm going to concentrate on the league. I think that would almost be the final, final nail in his coffin because Evertonians just wouldn't accept that. Um, it is a chance, like you say, you know, it's it's a it's a much weaker opposition than what we used to face in week in week out in the Premier League. It's a chance to go out and get a little bit of confidence back. Maybe, you know, notch a couple of goals. There's going to be a you know a full backing, three thousand plus Evertonians behind the goal again on Saturday, and they deserve to see something a lot better. It's a perfect chance, literally four or five days after that horror show again at the weekend to right some wrongs for certain individuals, um, whether it will come too soon for the new signings or, or not, I'm not too sure just yet. Hopefully not, it'll be nice to see them. I think it'll just give the place a bit of a lift. But either way, it's a game we've got to be, we've got to be winning because we all dream of, of Wembley in May. And as unlikely as it seems now, and it does, let's be honest, you know that Everton could go on and, and win the FA Cup. Stranger things have happened in football and you've got the perfect man on here today, Barry Horn, who, who will tell you. Obviously, you look back at 1995, first half of that season, struggled massively. You know, we got a, a new manager coming in in the November and then you know, the, the momentum just built and built and built. And I remember it well as a 12-year-old, as a that, that third round at home to Derby County. You know, we scraped through. I think it was a bobbler from Andy Hinchcliffe, I think it was. And then it just went on from there. And that could happen again. It could. So Saturday could, in, in essence, be the the catalyst for something. It could spark something in and amongst the squad, the fans, just the place is in desperate need of a lift. It's so, so down and gloomy at the minute. There's so much negativity. I'm hoping these two new signings will will lift everyone. That's some positive news. Um, but I've spoke to people who were at the game at the weekend who, who said, again, they, they didn't even stand up and cheer when Everton scored. It's like they're not bothered because you, you know sort of what's going to happen. They're scared to get two, two up because they feel they're going to be knocked down again and you can understand that so listen it's a massive chance massive chance to, to potentially turn our season around and, and sparks into life it's not the pressures of the Premier League it's something completely different and hopefully it takes a little bit of weight off the players shoulders and we can get a good result Ben Lee's spoken about Rafa Benitez and fielding a strong side obviously Everton play the rearranged fixture against Leicester City at home on the Tuesday so three days later after the Hall game do you fully expect Rafa to play a full-strength team and, and real, like Lee said, set the tone and, and get some confidence back into this squad? I think, Mick, that this game is absolutely massive now for Everton, for Rafael Benitez, the fans, because everyone's at breaking points. I think the fans are fed up. Benitez is running out of ideas quickly. And as Lee and Barry have touched on there, the whole place needs a lift. We need to build some sort of momentum. We need to get this formation set in stone. And for me, the magic of the FA Cup, it's, it's a massive competition. And obviously, we haven't won a, um, any sort of domestic cup in 27 years. And 
if we go out Saturday, you can make that 28 years. And that's not on for the size of Everton Football Club. So for me, I think Barry's right. I think we should need to put out a, a really strong team. The other likes of Burnley and others who are way down the bottom may feel a, a bit of a weak inside. But we haven't got the squad to, to just literally fill in lower players. And it'd be good to see the youth get a run out against Hull City. It really, really would. But look, there's no easy game for Everton anymore, Mick. We always make hard work of these situations. And whenever we play lower league opposition, I always worry because we always seem to struggle. They come at us very physical, 100 mile an hour. And they think, you know what, let's have a go at Everton. Let's see what they're made of. And at the moment, we're not mentally strong enough to cope with um, teams pressing us and putting us under the back foot. And we just can't cope. So I just hope to God they turn up, put a performance in for the 3,000-odd fans who are going to Hull City. And you look at Hull's position in the league, currently 19th in the Championship, winning six games, drawing five, losing 13. They've only scored 20 goals this season, conceding 29. So they've got a negative nine goal difference and they've won one out the last uh, six games I believe so they're going through a bit of a, a, a bad run of form so they're going to want to bounce back so for me it's imperative that Benitez plays a full squad because we've got I, I'm desperate for some sort of silverware Mick That's, I, I will take I'll take finishing uh, 16th 15th in the league and winning the FA Cup because for me, that's a sign of success by winning some sort of trophy. You wouldn't see me for a week. I'd be partying with all the Evertonians all over the world. But I just, I'm so desperate for a cup. We all are in this podcast. We all are as Evertonians. We want success. And success for me is winning some sort of trophy for this football club. So it can't be taken lightly at all. I'm pretty sure and adamant that Benitez won't take it lightly either. I feel like he wants to bounce back. He wants a, a bit of a reaction from the players. And we all need a lift, like I said earlier on. We're so down in the dumps, and as Lee touched on before, some fans are just that fed up. They're not even getting up for goals. It's I just want to see us start on the front foot, play aggressive, play the style of football that the Evertonians can get behind. A lot of grit, determination. Don't know how often I touch upon them sayings and them words, but I just want a bit of fight. Show the fans that you're willing to fight for the badge, fight for this shirt, and fight for the fans who go up and down the country, as I've stated so many times before, because we need a reaction. Because on Sunday, Mick, it wasn't good enough. And this is a game now where we can set it right. Win on Saturday, kick on then to Leicester, and get let's get some sort of run building. We, we tend to have a better second half of the season always, Everton. So I really do believe Benitez should and will play a strongest eleven because we need a result big time. Matt, I, I hear Ben reading out the stats for Hull City in their current season, their current plight that they're obviously sitting in 19th place. I think Ben said only six wins all season. So I'm looking at this game and I stand back and I think, you know what, this is the perfect game on paper for Rafa Benitez's men, isn't it? To go to Hull, take the handbrake off, play a system that's a bit more attacking. Like I say, take the handbrake off and go score two or three and put Hull to the sword with a bit of confidence then for a big couple of games coming up in, in Leicester and Norwich the following week. Can you see Rafa Benitez doing that? And you're saying, you know what, lads, go out there and score some goals. Or are you going to think, you know what, is it going to be back to the back five again, Matt? What, what do you think Rafa Benitez is going to do? It's a difficult one, whether he switches to to what we've been using in the four or whether he's going to take this back five into the second half of the season. Um, my view is that he's probably going to take the back five into the rest of the season. I think the, the two full-backs that have just signed will will mean that, that we're, we're going to use use what we have um, and bed them in 
on the wing back areas, which is probably slightly easier for them. I think the emergence of of Branthwaite as well means we're certainly quite top heavy at centre back now as well. And I think you'll, I th I'm not sure he'll differ too much from from the back five. Whether he uses that for the FA Cup, I'm not sure. But I certainly think in the league we're going to see a back five. I think he should go strong because we've got to build momentum. Um, I thought we had some momentum uh, going, you know, after Arsenal, and then we thought we had momentum following a really good result against Chelsea, and it just hasn't materialised, which which is a worry because, you know, if that them type of performances aren't going to give you a lift within the squad, then, you know, what will? But we have to we have to stop losing games, um, and and this is a, this is a this is a must win. Obviously, it's a knockout competition, so. And we, you know, the last thing Everton want is a is a replay, and you know another. Oh, sorry, no, it can't be a replay, because it's because of COVID. But but still, you know, we've got a game on Tuesday, and that's you know that's more minutes and tired legs. So we, we want we want to get this boxed off in the first sixty to sixty five minutes. You know, get some goals. You know, start getting some confidence. Start playing some football, and then we can take that on into Tuesday because. You know, the more the game goes on, the more that we, you know, the more the, it's nil-nil, you know, Hull will, will grow in confidence. You know, I'm sure there'll be a, a larger crowd than normal. I th you know, I think it's, there are tougher places to go with, with bigger fan bases. Um, but I think, you know, they'll definitely still grow in confidence and there'll be a slightly bigger, you know, attendance than, than what they've been getting in the championship. So, you know, we don't want a situation with 20 minutes to go where the game's still nil-nil and we're needing a goal we want to get this boxed off in the first half get a couple of goals and then we can relax in the second half a bit and hopefully start playing you know I'd like to see a strong team mixed in with a couple of young players I, 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 what I saw against Chelsea was two or three youngsters that are ready to step up now um, two or three that are going to give better options than some of the senior pros um, quite simply because they they run about, you know. I think some of the, the senior players aren't aren't at the level anymore, both both in terms of footballing levels and fitness levels. You know, physically a lot of them aren't there. And I think this Everton team, when they're struggling, they need energy, they need fight, they need spirit. And I think some of the young players deserve a deserve a go, to be honest. So I'd like to see a, a little, you know, seven or eight first team players mixed in with a couple of youngsters. You know, and, and I think as Evertonians, we want to see the young players play. And I think the third round of the FA Cup away at Hull is a good opportunity to see them. And, and hopefully then we can maybe see some of them in the second half of the season in, in the league. Barry, just going back to your experience of, of winning the FA Cup and being involved in a successful FA Cup run in 1995, Everton finished 15th in the league. How important was the FA Cup to our league? Obviously, Everton were fighting relegation and in and around the relegation fight. Did doing well in the FA Cup help you and the lads in the league? Did it lift the spirits and keep things, you know, bubbling in the dressing room? Um, only in the sense that it kept our confidence building because if, yes, we only, we, we only finished 15th, but in November we were we were miles away. Um, our our form from November to to May was was brilliant in the league. Um, we were beating we were beating most teams that we played. So 
to have that continue in the cup, which was to us um, a, 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 a nice distraction. You know, it was like, well, once we'd got past Bristol City in the third round, there was a feeling, well, hang on a minute, we, by the time the fourth round came around, our confidence was was was, was good. We we beat Liverpool, obviously, famously, um, and then we scraped past. Well, no, Derby was quite comfortable. It was a really really poor game. We scraped past Bristol City. The Derby game was poor, but we um, we we were never really in, in in danger. And then it was a case of well, you know, we think we can beat anyone on our day. So we did, we never talked about winning it, but. but Quietly, we thought, well, we've got a chance of winning this, and and on, on, I know the landscape's changed. I know we live in almost like a different different age now. But we played our Joel played our strongest possible team in every single game. Um, in fact, the Bristol City game, we could barely, we could only just about put a team out because there was a few injuries and a few lads had the, had the bug. John Ebel was on the bench, could, couldn't have played. Um, he was he was really poorly. But Joel put out his strongest team in every single game, and, and that's that's what teams did then, obviously. But um, you know, I, I sort of um, I, would, I wouldn't necessarily agree with the idea of starting with uh, with youngsters because um, that's a lot of pressure on them because it's a game that Everton expected to win, and if and with Everton's strongest team out. Um, I, I wouldn't bet on them winning. I've got to be perfectly honest with you, the way that they're playing. Um, so, you know, you, you've got to be careful with youngsters. Um, you put them on against Chelsea, and there's, they've got absolutely nothing to lose. If Everton get beat 3-4-0, nobody, nobody says anything. But if Everton go and, go and get a piece at a hole with, 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 with some youngsters in, then that's going to that's gonna scare them a little bit because Everton aren't expected to lose on on the weekend. Ben, I know we've spoken about that off-air regarding playing youngsters in, in certain in certain games, given Everton's form. Do you agree with Barry there that Rafa Benitez and his staff maybe have to be a little bit careful in blooding certain youngsters in? Because when a club is struggling, like Everton right now, it can make or break youngsters, can't it? Especially, like Barry said, if we played a host of youngsters on Saturday and we got beat, it can make or break youngsters. We, would you be tempted to only play a couple of them, none of them, or would or would you play, you know, most youngsters? What would you do if you were Rafa Benitez in this situation? I think I'd definitely look to utilise the youth off the bench. Um, obviously, they bring that energy, that instant impact, that bit of fan lift. But we, like you said, Mick, you got to be so careful these youngsters that, that they're still kids. They're still 18, 19, 20 years of age, which is great for the long-term plan of Everton. But these kids are going to make mistakes. They're going to not be up to standard as yet. Obviously, I watch a lot of the under 23s football and there's an awful lot of talent there, an awful lot of talent, but they're not quite the finished article yet. And you don't want to shoot somebody's confidence rock bottom in a game, as Barry quite rightly said, like Hull City, where even with eight first teamers and three kids, we, we are expected still to win. So it's massive pressure. And especially having not won a trophy for 27, potentially 28 years now, coming onto this season. We're expecting to push on to try and win something. We, we, we want to win. We want to go as far as we can in these competitions. And it helps with revenue. People don't realise how much a cup one actually helps the finances as well. And there's no illusion to how bad our, our current financial well state of affairs are currently. So a, a run in this cup competition, a few home games, a few away games, a few more revenue into the club, which we so desperately need. 
So to throw them in at the deep end, Mick, is is a big risk. I really think it's a big risk. What what I won't agree on, um, and I'll use Sunday's example, is where it's the 75th minute, um, Benitez is still playing five at the back, and he, he looks to bring on Rondon, who hasn't really set the world alight. Whereas Brighton's centre halves were big, six foot seven, big units. So why don't we throw the youth on in the last 15 minutes? Dobbin came on against Chelsea, very energetic against a really good back line. Um, he could do it, cut in from the left, cut in from the right. But then we we brought on Solomon Rondon, and it, it kind of like nullified the crowd. It, Kind of everyone just started to moan a bit and couldn't understand why he was making that substitution. So in that sense, I think if we are one two nil up, say I'd be definitely looking to utilise youth. And if we're one nil down, I'd be looking to get the youth on Mick for me. Just don't think the likes of Rondon are going to have as much as an impact against the Championship side. They're going to be big, big kids at a whole city. That's predominantly what they are in the Championship. The football and standard isn't as good, but it's a hell of a physical league. It's a really, really physical league. And that's why I've been a big advocate of getting some some of our younger players out on loan in that league. Go and learn the trade. Go and take a few knocks. Go and take a few big tackles. But to come back a better player with that experience behind them. But for me, it's slightly too early. I do see where Matt's coming from because they do run and they do try and they do work very hard. But I'm probably on Barry's side here, uh, Mick, for me, where I feel like we need to get the senior pros in. Hopefully, hopefully they come in, get the job done. We move on. We can utilise some minutes for some squad rotation because our squad is so limited. Hopefully 2 3 nil up. Nice, easy, comfortable road for Everton. But this is Everton we're talking about and anything can happen. Lee, I know you're a big fan of some of the Everton youngsters coming through, the likes of Lewis Dobbin and Ellis Sims and Jared Branthway. If there's a chance that these lads can play at Hull, whether Everton are 2-3 up or whether we need a goal and we need to throw on a striker, I know you would love, wouldn't, you'd love the chance, wouldn't you, to throw on a Lewis Dobbin, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would make it. I've made no secrets of it. Um, you know, for me, I'm sick of seeing the same old, same old. I think Matt made a really good point earlier on. I think some of these players now have proven over an extended period of time that they're, they're either not up to it or the fitness is, is not there or the legs have gone a little bit. And it's just, I think it's time to freshen things up. The one player I'd, I'd want to use as an example is Jared Branthwaite because he's had a little bit of exposure in the first team now. Um, over the course of a couple of seasons. He's had a loan spell in between. He came in at Chelsea and was arguably man of the match. He's a left-sided centre-back. So, although I fully agree with you, you know, you have got to be careful with with youngsters. You, you, you certainly can't expect too much from them straight away. The counter-argument, as opposed to they're going to make mistakes, is the people in there at the minute are making mistakes and they're making a hell of a lot of mistakes. Using Michael Keane as an example, he was absolutely atrocious again at the weekend. Is it going to harm Everton that much, throwing Jared Branthwaite in and giving him him an opportunity to establish himself? He's physically ready. He's a confident lad. I'd like to see him given a shot. I'm going to separate him slightly from the others. I'd like to see him given a shot from the off. And I'm not just talking about the FA Cup, I'm talking about in the league as well. Um, But certainly substitute options whether we're ahead like you say comfortably or we're chasing the game and we need to turn it round I'd love to see Dobbin given a chance the way Anthony Gordon's been given a chance and he's gone on and developed and grown in confidence and he thinks yeah I belong on this stage at this level who's to say him um, and, and Sims can't do can't do the same or at least have more of an impact than the players that are currently getting given an opportunity that's what I'd say um, you know I think the FA Cup on Saturday, I think, is a 
like you say, it, it's a potential banana skin. Jamie Carragher came on our Spaces event the other night and said it's got disaster written all over it. And, you, you know, as much as we, we want to disagree with them, you can't help but agree with them there. Um, so I think it would be a massive risk throwing too many youngsters in from the start on um, on Saturday. But I think I'd just separate Branthwaite from that a little bit. I think he's done enough to warrant perhaps a start and berth, again, not just in the FA Cup. Matt, moving away from the fixture at Hull on Saturday. Two signings since we've lasted an episode in Vitaly Mikalenko from Dynamo Kiev, a left-back, and Nathan Patterson, a right-back from Glasgow Rangers in Scotland, 122-120 respectively. Two huge signings for the future for Everton Football Club. Could arguably be Everton's two full-backs now for the next 10 years or so. How important and how pleased are you? that Everton have won, addressed the left-back situation, obviously regarding Rafa Benitez and Luca Dean, that is still ongoing. And also the right-back situation with an ageing Seamus Coleman. How pleased are you with that? And also how pleased are you that it is only January the 3rd and 4th and both deals are done? So, so important. Really, really happy. Um, I mean, it's that area that the pitch has been an issue for a long time, uh, certainly at right-back. Um, but also, if you look at the age profiles of some of the, the full-backs that we've got in the squad, you know, it's an area that needed replenished. Um, you know, for some reason, it's, it's an area where we haven't sort of targeted for a long time. You know, the, the amount of investment that's gone into certain areas, like central midfield, you know, hundreds of millions of pounds have been spent in that area. Um, and yet the full-backs have been neglected completely. Um, so it was about time some serious investment was made into those areas. Um, just touching on the Nathan Patterson one, especially because obviously the right back, I think is the most important sign in the, the window. Um, you know, that, that's been a, a genuine issue for, for many, many years now. Um, you know, Seamus Coleman was, was unfortunately finished after his leg was broken. And, you know, the fact the club hadn't addressed that issue before and was a, was a real issue, but they've now addressed that with a really good signing. Um, a boy that's very, very highly rated in Scotland. Um, you know, he's played 25, he's only played 25 senior games for them, but he has 25 of those games, you know, being played for the Scottish champions. And also he's been played in the Europa League as well. So he's got good experience. He's also Scotland's first choice right back. Um, so he's played a lot of football in in important matches. Um you know, unfortunately for him, Tavernier, the the, the rain is the Rangers captain. He also takes their set pieces, so it's it was difficult for him to to dislodge him. But I know I've spoken to a couple of Rangers fans myself, and they reckon that his sort of overall general play is is a, a near standard to Tavernier at ten years younger and with the potential to go much much higher. So big kudos to the club for getting him over the line. Um, the left back situation, well. I think Mikalenko has been a target for Everton for a little while now, um, even before the, the Lucas Digne situation seemed to arise. Um, you know, he's been on the radar since Carlo Ancelotti was in charge. Um, you know, the the ex-director of football, Marcel Brands, liked him as well. Um, so it's good to see that the club have have acted on that. I think whether he'd have come in now, um, if the Digne situation wasn't an issue, I don't know, but. I think it's good that clearly Lucas Digne hasn't got a future future at Everton. It's good that we've got a replacement in first before before he leaves. So they're really really important. They should 
the, the squad needed a lift. Um, the club needed a lift and it's really refreshing to see the club act quickly and responsibly with signings that are needed and in areas that are actually a real issue rather than just signing players for the sake of it in, in areas where we're already heavy, heavily overloaded. You know, these are two areas that I, I suspect these two will now play a large majority of the games, um, you know, left in the season. And whilst we will obviously have to give them time to settle in um, and expect mistakes due to their time to adapt and they're both very young, they should make an impact just because of the physical attributes they've both got. So, yeah, both really, really positive signings and um, very, very pleasing. Barry, just looking at those two signings still, Vitaly Mikolenko and, and Nathan Patterson, 122, 120. Is that the model that you think Everton should go for now? Young, hungry players with a point to prove, a big salon fee if they perform well. And if they don't perform well, you could still maybe sell them for a few million pounds. Do you think that's the sort of model that Everton now need to go for? What what we need is we need a plan. Um, you look at Brighton and they had, they had two massive centre-backs. They were brilliant, by the way. Or oh, we made them look brilliant. And then they had left-back, right-back. I don't know if... Not not massive. They had then they had the likes of Lallana, um, uh, Tope, McAllister, um, the other two lads. Not big lads, but they had the system play, and they were they were brilliant. They were absolutely brilliant. So the left back uh, was was up and McAllister down the left hand side was fantastic. And if they signed somebody, they signed somebody to play at, that way for the time being, at least for the foreseeable future. That's how they're going to play. If the players that they're bringing can't play that way, then they don't sign them. Um, so fullbacks relatively easy position to buy because even in the modern game, their roles are fairly well defined. Midfielders, strikers, attacking players, a little bit more difficult maybe depending on how you want to play. Whether you want to play a power game, whether you want to press high, whether you need whether you play like Man City and Brighton did with intricate one-touch passing and moving. Um, We've, I said years ago, what we needed to do, what the board needed to do was to come out and say to the fans, listen, we need to tear the squad apart. You, you need to be patient with us because we've got to, this squad is the result of many years and many managers, ran, almost random purchasing and acquisition of players without any sort of pattern or system of play or, or long-term goal or shape of team in mind. We've just, it, it seems to be we've bought whatever's available and whatever we can afford. And I've got no idea how we're going to perform, not in terms of how well we perform. What I mean is how, how what style of play we're, we're going to utilise. How You can watch Brighton and you can see, yep, they've worked on the training ground. Yep, they've worked on the training ground. Yep, they all know what they're doing um, most of the time. And, and it was great to watch. I don't think we've got that, and I don't think we've got that because the players are just a complete mishmash. So, yes, getting in youngsters, brilliant. Getting in youngsters that come and give us two or three years, great service, sell them on, brilliant. More than happy for that. Um, Lukaku, that's exactly what he did. Sorry, Everton has a chance to go and um, step up to a bigger club, show what you can do, and move on. Thank you very much. You scored X number of goals for us, and you made us 
70 million quid or whatever it was. Brilliant. Um, so, yes, um, happy with the two signings. Um, I think the right back situation, you're right, much as I love, and have loved Seamus Coleman. Um, he's obviously passed his best, so that's been an area that we needed to address. Lucas, Lucas Dini was um, promising, but hasn't quite fulfilled that. Um, never, never really fill letting Baines's boots, but then they are considerable boots to fill. So, yes, I'm happy. I'm happy with the two signings on paper. I have to confess, um, they shouldn't need any time. You know, we we shouldn't be overly kind to them and say, "Well, we'll give you six months to settle in," um, because they're footballers. They've, they've they've come with price tags. It shouldn't take them that long. Um, their 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 positions are relatively easy to play in. Um, I want to see them hitting the ground running and, and giving everybody a lift because, because as the lads have touched on, some of the players in that team need a lift and, and they need to look around and think, well, actually, he's playing quite well and, and, and he's playing quite well and, and the team's improving and, and then I'm, I'm going to get better because of that. So, yeah, I'm happy with the signings. Um, I hope that coming into a struggling team isn't going, isn't going to hamper their, their development. Ben, sticking with the transfer window, do you expect Everton to make more signings? Obviously, a left-back, right-back completed. Rumours of a centre midfielder, defensive player or a centre-back. Do you expect Everton to continue spending or maybe dip into the loan market or now maybe try and get a few sales? What are you anticipating now for the rest of the January transfer window? Put me on the spot, why don't you, Mick? It's the, um, yeah, it, I can see one more potentially coming in. If it was up to me, personal preference, I still think we need a centre-half. Um, I feel like we're not very assured at the back. You look at that defending, I know Lee alluded to it earlier, Michael Keane, he had an absolute shocker. And I don't think he's really put a run of games together in the past five years he's been here, really. And Godfrey, really bags full of talent, youth on his side, still got plenty of learning to do. Um, I, I would really like a centre-half. I don't think the club are going to do it. They're relying on, obviously, Yerry Mina being back now, um, coming back from a, a calf injury. So I, I can see Everton looking go for like a number ten, a, a central midfielder. Um, obviously Benitez either likes the the five three two, shall we say, or the four two three one, as he put as, as Carragher alluded to on our space the other night, which he has been the the, the formation he likes to um, to utilise. And we've tried so many different people in that ten role. Richarlison's been there, Damari Gray's been there, Anthony Gordon's been there, Iwobi, even Andre Gomez was there against Crystal Palace, which was just a complete baffling decision for me because I don't think Gomez has been that far off the pitch in, in years. So I can see us getting some sort of playmaker in. Um, I spoke to Matt Neal off, off, off air. We've alluded to the fact we could even go for a six, um, like a holder midfielder. And then we all want us to all go for a 4 3 free formation three midfielders in the middle because every time we play two midfielders in there, we get swamped. It's it's so easy for all the fans to see. We've never officially replaced Idrissa Gay for me. I know Gabamin was brought in to do that. He suffered two horrendous injuries and potentially hasn't kicked on and looked the same since. So I, I do think that we are going to utilise the low market. Um, Mick, I, I am just, just touching off topic slightly. I am going back to the two young lads as you alluded to before, boys, I'm made up that Everton have now secured two young 
professionals and they're the type of deals that I want to do. I understand that with the financial restrictions, we can't now go away and spend 15, 20 million pounds on, on another young central attacker midfielder. So we might need to be box clever now for six months and address that issue in the summer when potentially a key asset, I believe, will be sold. Um, and then hopefully we can <laughs> sort out the recruitments and really push on and, and develop what we're trying to achieve with a long-term plan and aim. But it's great to see two young kids in. Um, obviously, Seamus Coleman's probably the most relieved man in the building. We spoke to certain individuals on Twitter on our spaces who said Coleman's asked for a replacement for the past three seasons because he said he, he can't do it anymore. So the pressure's taken off him massively. So hopefully we can see the best of him now as well coming into his latter years. Um, doesn't have to, to potentially play 90 minutes, look to play 60, 65 minutes of young Patterson coming on and taking the pressure off him, easing the burden. It's really two really good signings. I'm over the moon with it and I hope we stick with this model. Um, but in relation to your original question, I can honestly see Everton going into the loan market, trying to secure a short-term option just to try and get a bit more creativity further up the pitch. It wouldn't be my preferred position um, as I alluded to there, no, I really want a centre-back or a six to protect the back four because we're so open when teams on the counter. You've seen some of them defending um, at the weekend. It was shocking. Alan Decore is a two in the middle. Doesn't work. They both push together. So, as Matthew will probably say the same, he's desperate for a six to protect that back four. So, But I can see the loan market being utilised, Mick, um, and I think that we've done before the end of the window. But look, we still have a lot of dead wood to get out. Um, and I think we've gambled a bit on the Lucas Dean sale. Um, I think there's obviously clubs sniffing around, but we need that money in desperately now because we were already stricken by the, the Premier League sustainability rules and we're in, in a bit deeper now. So let's see what happens there. Obviously, Tosin, Gabamin, other players are knocking on the door to leave. Let's see if we can get some more wages off the books, eh, Mick, and uh, maybe get a short-term option as a, a 10. And there we have it, guys. Everton face a trip to the third round of the FA Cup to Hull on Saturday. Lee, I'm going to come to you first. What is your prediction? Um, I think the players are going to be under no illusions just how big this game is, especially um, given the result of the weekend and knowing just how important the FA Cup is. Uh, I'd like to see the new fellas come in. And I think if they do, I do think you'll see a lift from the other players and I'm quite confident we'll see this one through uh, so I'm going to go for 3-1 3-1 to Everton Barry what is your prediction? Um, if we go there and play the strongest team that we possibly can um, we'll win by two goals 2-0 two or 3-1 two nil, three, if we don't one. I wouldn't like to predict <laughs> and Matt what's your prediction? I'm going to go for 2-0 as well, yeah. 2-0, Everton. 2-0, Everton. And Ben? I'm going to say 2-1, Everton. It's a hard-fought win, but we'll potentially go 1-0 down and come back to win. Yeah, I agree with you, Ben. I'm going to go 3-1, Everton. I do think we'll concede, though. Thanks to Barry, Matt, Ben and Lee for joining us as always, and thanks for listening. We will be back Sunday with all the fallout and all the post-match talk from Everton's trip to Hull in the third round of the FA Cup. In the meantime, have a great week, stay safe, and we'll see you at Hull. Take care and all the very best. Thank you. Thank you.